is Voices of Texas, the podcast about Texans. Recording from Brownwood in the heart of Texas, here's your host, Matthew Hinman. Thanks for listening to another episode of Voices of Texas. And as you may have noticed, I'm now recording for you from the heart of Texas in Brownwood, where I recently relocated my family, and I'm very glad to have you listening to the show. And if you have been enjoying the program, I would appreciate any support you can give over at patreon.com slash voices of Texas. There's contribution levels there as little as a dollar and every little bit helps out. And remember that's patreon.com slash voices of Texas. Well, I'm privileged to have in person with me here, Leela Satie, author of the book, If Houses Could Talk, Oh, the Stories They Would Tell. Leela, welcome to Voices of Texas. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about where you grew up. You're a Texan. Yes. Uh, I grew up in Texas. Uh, I was born in the small town of Pecos, Texas. And, of course, I have moved all over Texas because my dad was in the oil field. And we we lived uh, most of my teenage years in Midland, Texas. And so I've been around Texas my whole life. Just all over the place. Huh? Mm-hmm. And, you know... Uh, of course, I remember uh, growing up in a small town in central Texas and one of the same towns you grew up in, in Brady, Texas. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. I lived there so, for a while. Nice little connection there. And I really uh, liked uh, small town life uh, for a while, but I had to have the taste of the big city myself, too. But here I am back in small Brownwood, I guess, if you want to call it small. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now I'm in Fort Worth, so I understand the big city can be pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be. Well, what is it about Texas that makes it such home for you? For me personally, I like so many things about Texas, um, but it is one of the friendlier states. How about you? Definitely. Uh, that's the first thing that comes to my mind, you know, is Texas people are friendly. You know, when you're driving down the road, you, you they'll wave at you. You don't see that in a lot of states, but mm-hmm. we do. We're friendly. We uh, wave at each other. Uh, another thing that I um, grew up doing here in Texas was when, when a funeral procession would come by, you know, you stop and you wait for it to go by and you show respect. And I thought every state did that. But unfortunately, at one time I had a friend, and I won't mention the state she was from, but she found it very odd that I did that. So I really do love the friendliness and the respect the Texans show. Oh, yeah. And the, I, I agree with you there. I find that, uh, that people here tend to be a little, a little friendlier, and they're not as apprehensive about things. It, and I, I spent the first, the formative years of my life up in northern Ohio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and nothing against Ohioans, but generally speaking, northerners tend to have, or they tend to think that you have an agenda if you stop them on the street to say hi. Yes. <laughs> so yes. in Texas, they just know you're just stopping to say hi. Right. <laughs> so uh, that is one good thing. So uh, growing up in, in Texas, uh, do you have anything, uh, any interesting stories about uh, about growing up here? Well, most of the time we lived in smaller communities, but uh, my father and my mother both loved antiques, and we would always go on these what they call junk hunts. And one time when we were on one of these, we were out at an old abandoned home site, and my mother had brought her uh, granite coffee pot, and uh, she was going to make fresh coffee right out on the land. And we were all anticipating it. Even us little kids, we drank coffee, still do. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, my mother, we put little rocks around and made a little fire. And uh, my mother started cooking the coffee. And, oh, we just could almost smell it. We were just all excited, you know. But we went around waiting for it to brew and looking for, you know, some kind of treasure that we would find there on that on that lot. And then uh, so mother called us over. I'll never forget this. And she called us over, and she started pouring the coffee. It was just water. It was just hot water. And then all of a sudden she says, oh, no, I forgot the coffee. <laughs> and we just thought it was so funny because we were smelling the coffee and it wasn't even It wasn't hot. even brewing. <laughs> yes. You just had it. You had it in your mind. Yes. That's what was coming uh-huh. yes. was coffee. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're coffee drinkers around around our house, too. So uh, so how did growing up in, in these areas uh, affect how the book is turning out or how it turned out the content of your book how did that affect that well um first of all the very first story in the book uh is a texas farm style home and uh, the young the man that lives in it is a texan and um it's it's just a really good uh story of someone in a small town community and 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 that's the kind of uh, stories I like to tell, you know, is just about families and things that they go through and and um, how they overcome it and what might be behind the way that they act. Well, living in both uh, small town life, big town life, I'm sure you have kind of a a mix, uh, you know, growing up of, of different uh, different things that may have affected how you how you wrote these stories. Um, so tell us a little bit about the book. Uh, but obviously don't tell us the whole story. We want people to really uh, uh, just get a taste of it right now. Right. So what, what do you want to tell about the book? Well, when I was young growing up, my mother was fascinated by old houses. And when she would see one, she would say, Oh, look at that old house. If houses could talk all the stories they would tell. Or she might say something like, Oh, I bet that house has a story. So when I became interested in writing, I decided why not write a book? with the house actually telling the story of the people that live in it. And uh, so that's what I wanted to do is write a book in that way. Uh, my book consists of three short stories. Um, and I can just read you the synopsis off the back of the book that tells you sure. a little bit about it. Yeah. It says, my stories are told by the houses in which my characters live. This book consists of three different houses telling their story. Each is quite different from the other. First is Elijah Sims' modest house in Texas. He built it for his beloved Sarah. Then came a tragedy that changed his life forever. Second is Alexander Savant's mansion in sunny California. He is a musician, and it appears that his only concern in life is to be rich and famous. However, when Emmy Montgomery enters his life, the truth is revealed. And third is a three-story Victorian home in Michigan, it houses a well-to-do family with a big secret. Wow. Well, you know, that to me, that's, you know, kind of just a little reel you in little line mm-hmm. right there. So we, we definitely want to want to hear that uh, and read about more about that. So the the stories um, that you're, you're told, you said they're from the perspective of the house. Yes. As if the house uh-huh. was telling the story. Uh, for, for you, what kind of houses uh, did you... Uh, see growing up or that your mother told you about growing up that uh, that affected your your thinking on the writing of the book well she was fascinated by you know just 
any type of old house. But the ones I noticed that she observed the most was like the the colonial type or the Victorian. Those mm-hmm. were her favorite. But the farm style house, uh, you know, the uh, big mansions. Uh, she just she just loved all houses, and so I wanted to have a variety of type houses. Uh, in fact, in my second volume, I'm even writing about a cookie cutter house. <laughs> well, you know, and you know, thinking about growing up in Texas, and 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 a lot of people don't realize that you got to drive an hour to get anywhere in Texas, mm-hmm. and you'll be driving down these long country roads, and you'll see this farmhouse off in the distance there, maybe not that far off the highway. And you can tell that it's not lived in. It's it's impossible because it's about to fall apart. Exactly. And you always look at those things and you think, well, you know, how long has that thing been there? You know, what has it been through? And and uh, and I think it's a novel take on that concept mm-hmm. of just kind of wondering what's gone on there at that house. Yes, yes. So. And you know, uh, in in the stories, some of the uh, the house the the house likes some of the characters that live in it. Others don't so much, so yeah. it makes a variety that way as well. Well, uh, I'm sure uh, that uh, uh, folks will be looking forward to picking up the book. So what kind of future writing can we expect from you now that you've accomplished this first book? Well, I want to continue uh, writing about If Houses Could Talk. I, I'm, it's going to be a series, and each uh, book is going to have three different houses telling mm-hmm. the story. And it's going to vary from state to state, from area to area. Um, I also am in the process of gathering. There's many poets in my family, and and I'm a poet as well. And so I'm gathering poems, and I'm hoping to be able to uh, uh, publish a book of poems. Okay, so a poetry book as well. Yes. Well, that's great. Uh, was it difficult for you kind of getting... Uh, getting your first book going. How long did it take you kind of from concept to publication? What what, what kind of process was that for you? Because I've had authors on the show before, and it seems like all of them have a different story to tell about how they got their first book published. Right. Well, uh, I have had this idea in my head for over 30 years. Uh, in fact, the first story, Elijah, uh, that story has been in my heart for many, many, many moons, you might say. Yeah. And um, I've wanted to write it, but, you know, I was raising children, and then I helped my daughter with my grandson, and just things, time got away, and, and then having the self-confidence to do it as well. Right. Uh, I, but my husband knew that I wanted to do this, and he kept encouraging me, and he met a woman who kind of helps somebody uh, uh, through the process of self-publishing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she uh, edit, she was my editor as well. She edited the book, and she showed me how to self-publish. And, uh, oh, I'll tell you, going through it, there were times when I thought, what I, I, what do you think you're doing? You can't write, you know, and I would get all <laughs> upset. And, and But I kept going. I kept saying, and I would tell this to anybody, you know, you won't know unless you try. Exactly. You know, put it out there and just see what happens. And. So now that that's happened and I've put it out there, I'm excited that I did it. And it's given me confidence to go for the next book. Right. Uh, and, you know, the, I think it seems like every author has these obstacles, these little hurdles they have to overcome. And, and ever, almost everyone I've talked to about getting their first book out has said, oh, it took me forever because of this reason. Or, or you know, I got started, but then I stopped. And, and so, 
but it's good to hear everyone tell their own story about it. So yes, I, I, I like uh, to hear that. I say it's my baby because it, from actually writing the three short stories, I had already wrote the poem mm-hmm. before. There's a poem included in the book. Right, I remember and I the had, poem. And I had, you know, and but from the process of starting writing and her editing and everything, it took me about nine months, and then it took about two or three months before we actually got it published. So it's a year long, but I call it my baby because I birthed it in nine months. <laughs> <laughs> and start to finish nine yes. months. Well, uh, we want to let everyone know that the website that they can go to to find out more is ifhousescouldtalk.com. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And the book is available on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle formats. I have the Kindle format. Leela, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed my guest this episode, and you can show your support for Voices of Texas by heading over to VoicesOfTexas.com and clicking on any one of my affiliate links. Also, do you know an interesting Texan? Maybe someone with a fascinating story to tell? Well, I've had authors, musicians, celebrities, future astronauts, so many more on past episodes, and I'm looking forward to many more interesting folks. So please visit VoicesOfTexas.com and nominate someone to be a guest on the program. Thank you for listening, and I will bring you another interesting Texan on the next episode of Voices of Texas. Opinions of guests, co-hosts, and others appearing on this podcast are not necessarily the views of its host, producer, or affiliates. No part of this podcast may be reproduced or retransmitted in any way over any medium without express written consent of the producer. Thank you.